Welcome to the Subject Composition and Light Photography Podcast. Show notes, links and contact details can be found at robnunphoto.com. That's www.robnunphoto.com. SCL is a proud member of the Tech Podcast Network and loads of other great tech podcasts can be found over at www.techpodcast.com. Now on with the show. Hi everybody and welcome to SEL, the Subject, Composition and Light Photography Podcast. It's the 24th of February 2013, it's 17 minutes past one on Sunday afternoon here in Gosport on the south of the UK. As you know, my name's Rob from RobNonPhoto.com and um, this is my little audio diary about my journey through the wonderful world of photography. I hope everybody's had a fabulous week. I've been off work for the week. Um just using up some holiday and it's also been Oliver's half term so that's been good good fun we got up to a few things and what I'm going to talk about this week are some videos I've been recording to you for YouTube and I'll put the links on the website so you can go over and check them out um, before I put them into the blog um, excuse me and a trip to a indoor skate park that uh, Oliver and I went to with a load of his mates um, which kind of provided some technical challenges that I thought I'd uh, talk to you about as well so here we go so what have I been doing well you know it's um it's been freezing here in the UK literally now I know everybody like lives in really cold places you know like Canada and the north of the states and Russia um, where you know you guys have proper snow I mean we don't really get that here but it's been cold the wind chill has been cold the water's been in the ponds has been freezing and stuff so um, bit out and about taking some photos but really this week I've been concentrating on catching up with housework and uh, recording some videos of stuff and kind of really trying to improve the quality of the videos I do, which I think I have with the last one I did, uh, it kind of got a bit better, so I can work on that over the next year. But let's let's get cracking. So the first thing I did a video video on was the ring flash, the uh, well LED light. I think I talked about this a few weeks ago. Picked it up from the car boot from those uh, Chinese guys, um, and since I've had a good opportunity to play around with it. And uh, if you can't remember, we didn't listen to that particular episode. The ring flash is a I've got to stop calling it a flash actually, it's not, it's a ring light. It's an array of 48 LEDs in a ring which you fix to the end of your lens and it comes with these adapters you can just slide it on. And then it has a AA power pack or you can plug it into the mains and then it gives you continuous light. Um, the reason why I bought it is because ring lights or ring flashes, proper ring flashes are quite exciting when it comes to portrait photography. They give you this shadowless look that's very um, hip if you like uh, very flattering um, and yeah it's something cool to play around with plus the, the idea if you've got a ring light is it's a very small setup 
you know you don't have to bother with lots of other lights and umbrellas and stuff if you're using a ring light um, you can basically use the ring light as your main and you're not really wor worrying about fill the only other things you might really worry about are maybe a background light for separation or maybe maybe a hair light maybe stuff like that but not much else so anyway so i was intrigued with the concept real ring flashes are very expensive and even the uh, adapters you get like the orbis um ring flash and what they do is they're basically big lumps of plastic that you shove your flash into um, they're quite expensive as well there's some cheaper ones that fix onto your flash and go around maybe I'll investigate those next but anyway back to the 48 LED ring flash my conclusions really after using it for uh, doing a little bit of portrait work and a little bit of macro work is it's not bright enough to be a main light without a tripod or running your camera at very high ISOs. So if we start off with macro photography, ring light's very useful because it gives you the ability to shoot without many shadows um, and get that light right close to your subjects. And for that, you, it didn't give enough light in a dark environment to, to enable me to handhold and do macro photography with something like the 135mm um, Helios lens that I have with the extension tubes that I, that I mainly use for macro or the uh, Soligor 90-210 zoom again these M42 manual focus lenses that I use with extension tubes and adapter on my 350D it just it didn't push that shutter speed fast enough it was too slow I would get too much subject blur and as you well know when you're shooting macro photography especially with extension tubes your depth of field is, is very very small indeed so that's challenging in the first place so you had to definitely use it with a tripod um, saying that though the big advantage of having the ring light was that it make, made it a lot easier to focus um, uh, using the tripod and even though I was using manual focus lenses old M42 ones with an EF uh, to M42 adapter for my Canon 350D I'd imagine the ring light something like the 48 LED ring light would help an awful lot with the autofocus on normal macro lenses as well the only issue about that though is as you start to move away from your subject and the ring flash isn't the main light is you could then get a clash of different white balances from from different sources and I'm not quite sure how white the 48 LED ring flash was it I think it tended slightly towards blue I could be wrong but that's what I tend to think so then after doing the macro and sort of the summary was you got still got to use a tripod I then tried to do a little bit of uh, portrait photography with Oliver um, and what I found was really if you want to use one of these LED lights for portrait photography again they're not really bright enough I had to use a 50 like 1.8 at, at a maximum of about 2. Point, an f2.2 or f2 and get quite close for it to be able to get that shutter speed up um, it might work quite nicely as a fill you know where the main light is really the sun but again you get the problem there of of competing different white balances um, I did get probably one good shot I'd, if you want to use something like this as a portrait lens again you would probably be working on a tripod your subject would have to be still um, and or you're best shooting in burst mode so you're firing a number of shots off at once um, so that you're uh, gonna get at least one that might be sharp um, so a little bit disappointed I think I was probably expecting too much out of an LED ring flash um, but I'm glad I've got it and I will be using it for macro and when the spring comes and the summer comes and we have the flowers outside 
I will try and use it handheld and use it as a combination, you know. So I've got the sun illuminating my, sub illuminating my subjects and then the ring flash on the end of my lenses as well. So watch this space. But definitely now I'm on, on the market for either something like an Orbis ring flash. I'm going to make a DIY one of my own or... Um, one of those other type of ring flash adapters where, where your flash is on the top of your camera and it comes round and goes round your goes round your lens. So there we go. Uh, another video review I did was of something called the WatchBot. Um, if you want more details, go to watch-bot.co.uk. That's w-a-t-c-h-b-o-t.co.uk, and it's an IP video camera. So what that means is it's a little kind of surveillance camera or baby monitor camera, if you like, to give it a, 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 a more friendly name, that you can sit anywhere in your house or business, I guess. It will connect to the wireless network and then you can then access it via any device that can connect to the internet anywhere. Um, and the WatchBot uk sent me one to, to have a play around with and very impressive, impressive it is indeed. You know, I can be at work log on to uh, the camera on my Android phone using there's free apps you can get and then I can control that camera and make it turn left right up down um, record video if you're using Internet Explorer you can uh, talk through the camera as well and if you attach sorry uh, you can listen and if you attach a speaker to the camera you can then talk through the camera as well so that would be quite cool if it's a baby camera very nice bit of kit if it's the sort of thing you're interested in, I know it's kind of a little bit of a side issue to to photography, but you, you know, as I say, check it out at watchbot.co.uk. That's w-a-t-c-h-b-o-t.co.uk. I'll put notes in the uh, put links in the show notes over robinonphoto.com for show two one five. However, I have got a code that will give you one for half price. So they're normally two hundred quid, and you get it for hundred quid. I'm not sure how long the code's going to last for, but the code is wb seven three zero seven eight five. That's WB seven three zero seven eight five. Pretty sure that'll only work in the UK with watchbot.co.uk, but very interesting. Another video review I did was of a little sports or helmet or um, bike video camera I got. Again, I think I talked about this a few weeks ago. Again, off the same Chinese guys from the from the car boot sale, and it's a looks like a little two cell mag light you know black video camera you see them on ebay if you look up helmet video camera you'll see them and they're, they're pretty cheap this one cost me a tenner and originally i got it so that i could put it underneath the um quadricopter remote control quadricopter we got that um, before christmas but in reality it was a little bit too heavy and the quadricopter couldn't take off so um i'm going to get a different one one of those little plastic clip-on uh, cameras However, I actually gave this one a bit of a test by attaching it to my bike and going for a ride around Gosport, which was quite cool. And the quality is okay. It doesn't have much of a dynamic range. So, you know, if it's a very sunny day, you tend to be able to see the road, you know, and the houses, but the sky blows out or the sky goes into nice colours, but then everything else becomes dark. So, you know, it's not a high definition camera by any means, but I was quite impressed with it. Um, and I think I might use it, you know, I'm thinking I might use it for something like a series of videos, you know, you know when I had to go on photo walks around Gosport or somewhere, I could kind of use that as my goat, if, when I'm on a bicycle, just, just fix it onto the bike, or even the car actually, as I'm driving around, it kind of gives you bits, I mean, I don't know, it depends if you find it interesting or not, I find it quite interesting um, watching these things, but yeah, it's a bit different when it's, you've got me puffing and panting on a bicycle, riding along, um, 
it's much better when it tends to be like a motocross bike a track sort of jumping 50 feet in the air but anyway you can check that out over on the um my youtube uh, channel and again i'll uh, put that over uh put links over on uh, rumnoffhope.com now the final thing i did a video about actually it's not the final i did another one as well but i won't talk about that this oh go on then i might as well uh, um if you're in the uk gumtree check it out it's a, it's an app um they're unlike ebay they're not auctions they're uh, classifieds that people post and it's very local you tend to have to pick the stuff up so you look in like Hampshire or you look in Portsmouth or you look in West Sussex and there's loads of photographic bargains on there and a bargain I picked up was a new zoom lens and I picked up a Canon EF 100-300 f5.6 uh, fixed aperture push-pull zoom lens which is a, one of the very first zoom lenses for the EF system when Canon dropped the FD manual focus system went over to the autofocus system um, they changed the mount as you well know and had therefore brought out a whole new range of lenses and the beauty is these EF lenses are compatible with all the digital cameras all the Canon digital cameras digital SLRs <laughs> that have come out ever since there's quite a lot of these old lenses around um, and as you know I've got a 55 to 250 um, telephoto zoom which I think is a brilliant lens it's image stabilized it's sharp it's great for portraits it's great for lots of things but the problem with it is it's an EFS lens in to use the Canon uh, nomenclature um, which is great and the EFS lenses were designed to be lighter and cheaper um, and designed specifically for the smaller sensors in APS size C as it sensors in uh, consumer grade SLRs but the problem with that is that the EFS lenses tend not to fit the teleconverters you can get and if you cash your mind back months and months you remember I picked up a Jessup's Canon two times teleconverter from the car boot for a fiver and I've been itching to have a play with this and I've done a few little things with it using it as a um, almost like an extension tube to improve the macro capability of lenses but doesn't really do, do much no. it's really to get you out there as I say these things only fit the EF lenses so I really wanted an EF lens to have a play around with it to see how good it was and to get me out to these big long focal lengths because you know I'm a skint photographer I don't have much money to spend on photography all my kit is uh, or most of it is second hand um, and I'm not going to be able to afford a 600mm lens anytime soon, if ever. Um, but, you know, if I could get hold of a, a, a cheaper 300mm, and I was thinking about the 75 to 300 e then happy day. So I saw this one, this 100 to 300 for sale for £40 on Gumtree in Southampton. So I gave him a ring, and that was quite cheap. Normally they're about 70 to 120 Gave him a ring, went down there, grabbed it off him, looked in, looked in good condition, a little bit dusty, um, had a... A circular polarizing filter on the end of it so I couldn't see the the glass but I guess it was probably okay and took it home cleaned it up a bit couldn't get the circular polarizing filter off the filter thread on the front so I had to use the old uh, elastic man trick to, to really grip it and that, that popped it off and found the front element is sparklingly clean um, held it up to the light again a few dust marks but no scratches or anything lovely lens um, very good condition 
and uh, it's got a bit of lens creep. The problem with these push-pull type zooms is that instead of spin turning the, the barrel to, to make it focus, you push and pull it backwards and forwards. And after a while, there might have been like this since new actually, the, the lens slides up and down. So you can imagine you're pointing the camera up at a bird and you zoom in on it and let go of the lens. The lens then slides back down and zooms out again. Bit of a pain that. But to get around that you use a elastic band around it. Um, that doesn't really help it when you're pointing the camera down um, but generally if you're pointing it down you're probably zoomed in because you want to use uh, trying to attempt a little bit of macro and the kind of conclusions I came from the testing and for the testing I went around Fort Brockhurst and uh, did, did various shots of birds at 300mm different apertures then I went on a very cold morning down to Gosport the Portsmouth Harbour and took some pictures of Spinnaker Tower the conclusion I came to was that um, the lens performs better at f8 than it does at 5.6. It gets sharper, um, but the, one of the main disadvantages is its slowness. You know, um, the fact that even you know f5.6 is quite slow at 300 millimeters if you're trying to go handheld and if you're trying to track moving subjects because the autofocus is a bit slow as well. If you're taking photos of static objects like buildings um, or, th or animals that aren't moving very fast on a tripod, then that, that aperture doesn't matter because you're not going to get camera shake. You might get subject movement, but you're not going to get camera shake if you're on a tripod. And I, and I tested it with a Jessup's 2 time teleconverter, and I'm pleased to say at f8, the images were reasonably sharp, I would say. Not brilliant, but not crap. Not as bad as using some of the M42 lenses. I've got the long ones with, with teleconverters because they kind of I think they lose the ability to focus to infinity. You know, not brilliant by any means. It's not an L-class lens, and I'm using a cheap Jessup teleconverter. But all right, and I think on a sunny day, um, using this lens at 300 at something like f8 or f11 with the teleconverter should take some very nice zoom pictures. So, so you know, keep your eye. If you de do see one of these old push-pull zooms, um, or like the 75 to 300, because I used to have one of those as well, if you can get it for a bargain and you want a long lens to use with the teleconverter, because you've got EFS lenses, then uh, I'd say dig in. One thing I did notice, however, and this isn't nothing to do with the lens, was that because I was shooting at like f11 and f22, just looking at different apertures, how dirty my sensor is on my camera. My God, you won't believe it. It's like it's, it's like I've spat. <laughs> underneath the mirror it's just covered in blotches so I think what I'm going to be doing this week is emailing a few companies that sell sensor cleaning kits and see if they can send me something to review because I gave it a, tried to give it a quick kind of blow off with my little blower and that didn't really do anything and then I, I rather foolishly decided to rub it with um, my uh, one of my lens cleaning cloths and I think I put a few more marks on it rather than took anything off um, so watch this space. If anybody's got any recommendations for lens cleaning kits, I'd uh, you know, email me scalespeeder at gmail.com. That would be very good indeed. So there we go. There's a number of YouTube videos I recorded this week. And what I tend to do is record the video, upload it onto YouTube, and then over the next several weeks, I'll then add reviews onto the blog using the videos like a header. And then I'll put example images below and... Um, uh, expand on the 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 the, uh, the the review with with words underneath with like an essay underneath. So watch out for those over on robnumfer.com. Right, quick drink of orange juice.
Right. Okay, so Prevail Skate Park. I'll put a link in the show notes so you can go and have a look at it in pool. Oliver wanted to go down there with his friends and a load of them in one, went in one car, car and him and a, one of his mates came in little Heinz, put a bike car on the back and went down there. And it's an indoor skate park, you know, with loads of wooden ramps and um, a foam pit and all this sort of stuff. Great fun for, for, for the guys and they, they absolutely loved it riding around. We were there for six hours. Um, it was absolutely freezing cold, <laughs> but luckily I'd I'd wrapped up pretty warm. So anyway, I find out, you know, I suggested we were going to go a couple of days before, and I thought, right, what gear am I going to take? Because I rang them up and said, you know, what's it like? And they said, well, there's a viewing platform where you can sit. And I thought, right, so that's going to be above. Um, and so I thought, oh, I started off, I thought I'd just take, you know, my basic camera kit with my camera and a, uh, the, the 18 to 55 and 55 to 250. And then I started thinking about it. I thought, well, no, it's probably going to be quite dark inside, isn't it? So I better take the 518 as well. So I've got a big aperture for working light. Then I thought, well, to be honest, you know, the 51A, although it's a nice portrait lens, it hasn't got much length. And um, because of the small depth of field when you're shooting at like 1.8, with a moving subject, even using something like continuous autofocus, it's going to be a bit of a challenge. So why don't I take my flash as well? Um, and I kind of decided on the 565EX Yongnuo flash because that's the only one I've got that is fully automatic um, and it's pretty powerful as well. Um, I didn't know how powerful it was until, until we took it and, and, and played with it but I'll, I'll come on to that in a minute. So, so I thought I'd do all this and then I thought hmm, maybe I'll get an opportunity to go wireless as well. So I took like a wireless trigger <laughs> and um, anyway so we went um, got there um, and so the if you can imagine it like the inside of a big warehouse with at one end of it like a raised platform where you can sit down and basically parents can watch and you've got all these wooden ramps inside if you've ever played like Tony Hawk's you know one of those skate parks inside and they're all doing their their jumps and their manuals and going up and down over the tabletops and and having fun so first thing I thought oh it's pretty dark in here they had quite a few lights and a few skylights but it was a dim day outside and I thought oh this this is going to be a bit of a challenge you know when you you know it's although it's light enough for for the guys on the on the on the bikes and the skateboards and the scooters it's you think mm, this this is a bit dim in here so I whacked on the 50 and I was like having a go at, at 18 and 22 and the shutter speed was still you know pushing it like 100 um one one twenty fifth of a second, which for moving subjects like kids on BMXs isn't really, isn't really fast enough. Um, and I started pushing up the ISO, but again with the fifty, I didn't really have the range that I wanted. So I took a load of shots just to see, you know, as you do, did a bit of panning on all this sort of stuff. And that's, you know, one of the things I kind of believe in is the fact that you don't always know what you've got till you get home. And you can look at stuff on a big screen, especially with my three fifty D, where the the, uh, the 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 LCD screen on the back is the side of a postage stamp. <laughs> it's very very small indeed. So I shot with the 50 for a while. Then I thought, right, let's get the get the YN565EX flash out and the 55 to 250. And I got I got to tell you, amazing, absolutely amazing. I had even though I've watched like the Strobis videos where he's using flashes to light up a basketball court, you know, too. I didn't realise how powerful these flashes are. Um, for the majority of time I used it in ETTL mode so I was just in aperture priority I was shooting at like 5.6 or um, uh, 
or eight to, to get a little bit more sharpness out of the lens and get, get a bit depth of field and just letting the lens just let the flash do its business um, and what I found was for subjects that were further away um, and we're talking like a hundred feet away I had to push the um, uh, use flash exposure compensation so the flash was pushing out a little bit more power and also I found that because obviously the BMXs are going up and down I don't always know what they're going to be doing I wanted to be able to fire reasonably quickly as well I didn't have to wait for the recycling time of the batteries to charge up the capacitor or however they work these days I was pushing my ISO up as well so the flash didn't have to work quite as hard so I was running like ISO 400, 800 and a lot of the time 1600 as well and it was pretty good and so I was taking lots of photos the big problem I had though was my vantage point up on this uh, up on this platform because I couldn't uh, if, if you ever want to exaggerate how high somebody goes to jump or something like that what you do is you get a wide angle lens you get down really low and you shoot them from below but I couldn't do that um, which was a shame but I, you know, I took lots of photos and, and for a while as well I played around with it on manual mode and was like putting the flash onto uh, full and half power and I tell you what even at half power when I was shooting at ISO 800 that thing that one flash could light up you know a massive part of the skate park and in fact several times Ols came over Oliver came over and said look you couldn't turn your flash down can you and talking to the boys afterwards they said that flash in your camera was well bright <laughs> you know it was bang going off like a like a frame flash. nobody else complained but it, you know, it really was very, very bright. So I was very, very impressed indeed. Now, I know with the Yongnu flashes, they're not exactly famed for their uh, longevity. And I imagine if I'd been firing it off at full power all day, it would have overheated probably quite quickly and um, not lasted that long. But you know, my faith in the Yongnu brand for for those things was very, very good indeed. And actually, talking to the guys in the skate park afterwards what you what I could have actually done was gone and see them got a uh, reflective jacket and uh, then you can go out onto the floor and then take some shots so I might do that next time you know wear some some jogging bottoms and some trainers and, and then do that and uh, go out and get right in in the action the other thing problem though as well is when the kids and Oliver kind of cycling up and down doing their things you don't know what they're going to do because it's really noisy in there they've got music blaring you know you don't you've just got to kind of guess all right he's maybe he's going to you know try and jump the uh tabletop now or he's going to do the foam pit or he's going to do a manual or, or ride backwards on this bit but you kind of guess it all the time and i guess when i'm down on the floor what i'll have to do is i say right i'm going to sit here by this ramp you keep coming this way and keep doing stunts so I know where you're going to be because when I was up on this platform I would run down to one end because I think they were going to do something and they'd just stop and start chatting for five minutes and I'd be like you go do something and then they'd be like no no we've been busy and then I would sort of put the camera down and they'd have whizzed off to the other end and they'd be jumping into the foam pit trying to do flips and things so but it was great fun really really good fun but I'm looking forward to next time going and being able to get actually onto the floor of the skate park and doing some setups using the flash again but using it with like the 18 to 55 to get some really nice wide angle shots as well right there we go that's it for this week back to work tomorrow so as you know when I'm back to work it means very very busy so i don't know when the next podcast will be probably in two weeks time that's that tends to be quite a nice rhythm for me two weeks gives me enough time to record stuff and, and do it that way thanks everybody for taking part in the Flickr group and um 
uh, submitting work to the uh, two photo assignments we've got left. There's still about a week left. Um, I've actually put some in now, and one of the assignments is on symmetry, and one of them is on low key. So if you've got enough time, stick a couple of images in there. If not, put them in the group anyway. Remember, it's free to join. Thanks everybody for going over and looking at RobNonPhoto.com. Thanks everybody for commenting on the videos on YouTube, and especially thanks everybody who's gone over to iTunes and done a review or added some stars onto the podcast. So that really helps a lot in getting new, new uh, subscribers. Um, but most of all, thanks to you for downloading and listening to the podcast. My name's Rob from RobNonPhoto.com. You can email me scalespeed at gmail.com. But hopefully, pretty soon, I'll see you on Flickr.